TuneIn is the audio platform with something for everyone. News. In order to secure convictions in a court of law, it is essential that we conclusively. Sports. That clock at four. Donchich. The step back three. You bet. Music. You set my world on fire. And even podcasts. Whatever you love, hear it right here. On TuneIn, go to TuneIn.com or download the TuneIn app to start listening. Now, welcome to Nothing Impossible, sponsored by Accelerate St. Louis, the epicenter of innovation for the St. Louis region. Now, here are your hosts, Michael Calhoun and Travis Sheridan on News Radio 1120, KMOX. Welcome in on this Sunday, Michael Calhoun and Travis Sheridan. Happy Sunday, everybody. Happy Sunday, and it's a new day in St. Louis. We got ourselves a new mayor. We do. After our show last week, where we looked back on the last 16 years with the longest serving mayor in St. Louis history, Mayor Slay, there's now a new occupant of room 200. The first female mayor in the history of the city of St. Louis, Lida Cruzen, taking uh, the oath of office last week and uh, getting to work right away. Absolutely. A lot of innovative uh, solutions are needed for a lot of the problems that St. Louis faces. First off, um, she said her top priority is crime. So there's certainly got to be some innovative approaches, whether it's how you deploy your officers, how you attract officers, Mm -hmm. or what technology you use, or how you interact with the community, all sorts of ways. Or how uh, the data that we do have can be used by the community to maybe create new solutions that people haven't even thought of yet. Yeah, and a lot of changes already underway. On day one, the retirement announced of Police Chief Sam Dotson. That was a... That was a fast change. Yeah. It was a surprise to a lot of people. Yeah, and she's uh, she's hired Nicole Hudson, who we've had on the show before, who was with Forward Through Ferguson, is now, uh, I don't know, uh, the director of racial equity. I, I think, think she's senior, senior advisor po- yeah. on issues of racial equity. She also worked yeah. for the Ferguson Commission, too. Right. Yeah. And so she's, that is that a sign, do you think, that uh, there's going to be a different approach from this mayor on those issues, and not necessarily when it comes to crime, for instance, just sending more officers out there, but, but taking a look at at the whole issue and quality of life in the city and maybe some of the root causes that that send people to a life of crime do you think that this is a a different approach from this new mayor i would say so i mean this is a this is a cabinet level position right so this uh, they nicole will have the ear of of uh, mayor cruzen and um, there's a policy aspect to it and policy can drive you know big change and then also, um, we talked about this with the mayor on our final mayor our, Slay. Our rundown show <laughs> with Mayor Slay. That's right. About, uh, by the way, I guess we should just call him Francis now. That's Remember? what he said. He that's... told us. That's what he told us to do. So <laughs> Francis Slay told us about dealing with small business owners. And after a few years ago, Jack Dorsey, founder of Twitter, founder of, co-founder of Square, um, held a big event here with entrepreneurs. And they said things are hard when you're trying to start a business in the city. City Hall is tough to get through all the bureaucracy. There's so much paperwork and there's a lot of waiting while nothing's going on. And so the Mayor, mayor Slice said there, there were a few things that they accomplished with that. But what are some of the things, Travis, that you're hearing from entrepreneurs, from startups, from small business owners saying we really to really be able to embrace the city, we've got to have this taken care of or that. Well, so part of it is I, I will say part of it is probably still crime. I, I when we look at downtown St. Louis, uh, we want downtown to be safe uh, because startups want to be able to attract great talent here. Uh, you know, there were a couple of years ago. It seems like two years ago where Uber was always off our tongues quickly. Uh, you know, Gabe Lozano talking about trying to attract talent and having some of those tools uh, and resources available. But I would say from the mayor's office, uh, 
you know, making, you know, looking at economic development, looking at uh, the business licensing process, just making it easier for businesses to get business done. I mean, nothing like the things that are go opposite directions are bureaucracy and innovation. And so we have to find some way to get these things moving in the same direction. And with technology, I mean, I, I'm not quite sure what other cities do, but I would think that it'd be relatively easy to make an app or make some sort of a website that's a catch-all. If you're trying to start a business, come to St. Louis. Here's everything you need to know. Click here to get this done. Click here to get that done. Click here to send us this information, and you've checked all the boxes, and you're done. Well, there's still so many fax machines out there, right? Like that's the oh, thing. Gosh, is, like yeah. so much, so much of the stuff you actually have to be in person, or you can't. An electronic signature won't work. Like there, are just, we, we learned this during the Uber debate. Speaking yes, of Uber, right. how the taxi commission was like, if you want to tell us how you feel about this cutting edge smartphone based technology, just send us a fax. Right. Right. So, and there are things that we need to do just from a process standpoint within the city, I would say, that just makes business not even innovative, just like 21st century. Mm. Well, when it comes to making St. Louis attractive for 21st century workers, people who might be living in Austin or Denver or Minneapolis, cities Mm -hmm. that really embrace their outdoors and outdoor living, lots of trails, lots of lakes. A lot of outdoor recreation. Oh, yeah. Especially in Colorado. Definitely. Yeah. Well, Great Rivers Greenway is trying to accomplish the same thing here in St. Louis, and they've been off to a running start in just a few years. They've been in existence. When we look at the amenities that we have in the region, we often talk about the arts uh, amenities, but our parks are amazing, too, and our trail network is fabulous. I mean, you can get all over the place uh, in the city on a bike and through the region on a bike. And so it'll be great to talk to them about what some of their initiatives are going forward. Yeah, and some of the big projects on the way, whether it's the Danforth Plant Science District in Creve Core now called 39 North, right? the Plant Science District. That's got a uh, trailhead connection to GRG that they're working on, all the way to uh, Cortex in the city of St. Louis, where they're looking at uh, an elevated trail Mm -hmm. on an old railroad trestle that would go behind the Ikea and everything. So Great Rivers Greenway certainly all over the place, and we'll talk with them, find out what their biggest projects are coming up, including I want to find out what the latest is on that trestle, the old railroad bridge that crosses over interstate 70 because i when i was in new york i walked on the high line okay yeah really cool yeah and so we'll find out what the latest is with that and then edward jones a big st louis company is yet again turning its eye towards startups and partnering with 630 and they want to invest and get their hands uh involved with some financial technology startups yeah they made a sizable announcement i think i saw uh, it was two million dollar announcement into Mm -hmm. 630 which is the startup accelerator and fund for early stage financial services technology uh, here in st louis and it makes sense that edward jones instead of always looking internally at the next best thing look outside the walls like start putting money into the hands of startups that uh, could be developing something that would help edward jones in the future and when it comes to looking externally we also covered in the news on km this week. A new partnership between T-Rex in downtown St. Louis and the T-Hub Incubator, which is based in India. It's their big incubator in India. And we'll tell you coming up what the St. Louis connection is there. But coming up, we're going to hit the trails next and talk with Great Rivers Greenway. That's coming up on Nothing Impossible. Michael Calhoun, Travis Sheridan, sponsored by Accelerate St. Louis on KMOX. 
King of OX has news every hour on the hour. When news breaks, we'll break in at any time to give you the information first on News Radio 1120 KMOX. Now, back to Nothing Impossible, sponsored by Accelerate St. Louis, the epicenter of innovation for the St. Louis region on News Radio 1120 KMOX. All right, welcome back in. Michael and Travis with you on Nothing Impossible, our weekly show about innovation here in the St. Louis region. And, you know, most people think of innovation uh, like probably occurring within the walls of buildings, right? Uh, A laboratory or at a computer hunched over, very isolated. But there's a lot of innovation that goes on outside of buildings as well. And Great Rivers Greenway, who we have in the office today or in the studio today, is going to talk about some of that stuff. Yeah, Seth Treptow, thank you so much for joining us. Oh, absolute pleasure. And so for people who aren't familiar, let's start with the basics What is Great Rivers Greenway? What are you working on? Well, Great Rivers Greenway is a uh, regional parks and trails district. We we, uh, were founded in the year 2000 uh, by a a tax proposition in St. Louis City, St. Louis County, and St. Charles County. And all three of those uh, regions actually help fund us. Uh, The long-term goal is actually build a 600-mile network of greenways that interconnect the entire region, providing lots of opportunities for recreation and transportation as well as conservation. And how uh, of that 600 miles, where are you to date? We are a little over 113. Okay. And, you know, um, Travis and I were talking about visiting cities like Denver or Minneapolis where they've really embraced outdoor living. And that's a big part of drawing people, attracting people to whatever region, whatever city you are when you're trying to make the case, I guess, for a young professional to move from a place like Denver or Austin to your city. Absolutely. And we, we hear more and more that young people, especially in the, in the tech industries, are picking cities for their amenities, not for the jobs. They are, they are going to the city saying, this is where I want to live. And uh, outdoor living and you know interconnectivity and be able to get from point A to point B without getting in the car is actually one of those things that's really high on their list. So the more that we can bring greenways into the communities and find ways to connect communities together, the, the higher St. Louis is going to be as a desirable uh, place for those people to move to. And as you're building out these greenways, I would imagine it's, you know, it's not starting at point A and then all of a sudden you'll get to point Z and you're at the 600 miles, right? You're doing this in chunks. What, like, is it as small as a quarter of a mile, as large as three miles? Absolutely. How do these, uh, how do these segments get built out? Well, a lot of it depends upon, you know, project to project. And when we're going in in the planning process, we, well, quite frankly, we start the planning process years before the first bit of asphalt goes Mm -hmm. down. Uh, And, and that's. Dear, you know, one of the first steps is we, you know, kind of look at the map and we say, okay, here's some places that we would love to be able to connect and we'd be able to get from A to Z. Uh, what's the best way to do it? And so then we try to break those down into buildable and fundable chunks, a mm-hmm. project that we could tackle within a year and have mm-hmm. the funds to be able to do it. Um, there's some projects that, you know, we'd love to be able to cross, you know, the river here, but quite frankly, dollars, it doesn't add up. So we'll have to look for different ways. So, so that's where we start. And we also have a priority matrix where we'll look at, uh, what kind of things we connect, how cooperative communities might be, whether it's a municipality that might actually want us to be part of them, hmm. uh, what job centers we'd be able to connect to, what metro and transit options are available. And so we put all those in the matrix and kind of plan things out. And so sometimes once we break it down, it might uh, a half mile or a quarter mile chunk, um, like in the Shoto Greenway, mm-hmm. which we'll be starting construction later this year, starting at the Cortex area. Uh, that's only a quarter mile chunk, but it's a very high priority because of the connections that can happen once that's on the ground. Mm-hmm. Uh, other chunks might be you know longer, uh, but might be lower priority. Mm-hmm. But really, we kind of take things and, and try to do it in a way that makes sense for our organization, uh, with our resources, as well as for the region. Seth from Great Rivers Greenway is with us. What are some examples of 
Um, so people can picture, or maybe they've used these trails, but they don't realize it's part of a network. What are some examples of maybe some of the most successful projects you've had so far? Well, well probably the most known greenway that we have is the Gravoy Greenway, but most people know it as the Grant's Trail. Uh, mm-hmm. That is a uh, what we call a rails-to-trails project. Uh, it actually existed before Great Rivers Greenway came along uh, in a different form, uh, but that used to be a railroad line. And uh, as in many communities, these railroad lines get decommissioned, and then it's you know, you have this swath of property that's really long, but only, you know, 20 feet wide. No one can really develop it. You're not going to build a house there. It's between nothing. So, Oh, you would in New York. Yeah, well, sure. <laughs> but but here, it, 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 the, right. those properties don't make a lot of sense. So yeah. it, those are opportunities to, to put in trails. Mm-hmm. Uh, and when we uh, became an organization, we were able to take that property or that, that trail over from uh, TrailNet, and we upgraded it and brought it into what we consider greenway status. And that's a project that we're going to be extending in the next couple of years. Um, but that's that's a trail a lot of people know. There's historic sites on it. Grant's Farms right mm-hmm. there. Grant's House. You can go walk while you're going down the, the Greenway. You can see the Clydesdales. So a lot of people have been on that one and probably might not even realize that's part of a larger network. Well, and I was, I was partially joking about, like, in New York, you'd build a house there. But that is one of the things that's beautiful about St. Louis is that our real estate costs are not as high. Uh, the land costs aren't as high. And we also have a lot of vacant land available so we can we don't have to turn everything into housing stock we can Mm -hmm. turn it into Mm -hmm. green space that's meant for people to wander and meander and just explore well there's a holistic um health that comes from connecting with nature and greenways are a great way an easy and accessible and relatively safe way to do that Uh, just in a short walk you know down one of our greenways you'll 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 see other people you'll have friendly interactions You'll see animals. You'll see see plants. It's something you don't get to see in in typical urban environments. Yeah. What are some of the other? Um, for instance, I know near the Danforth Plant Science Center. Mm-hmm. If you walk Delmar in the Loop, you'll see the entrance yep. to a trailhead. What are some of the other big trails that are big accomplishments? Really, the Great Rivers Greenways had so far. Well, it's, I'm glad you brought up uh, the Danforth Plant Science Center because that's an organization that also has seen the vision in and the benefits of having. Um, Connectivity and the ability to get you know people to get out and outside. So we're actually going to be working with them to actually do an extension of the greenway in that uh, area um, to kind of connect that region together a little bit better. Um, you know, people are probably definitely familiar with the Riverfront uh, Riverfront Trail uh, or the Mississippi Greenway. Uh, we were very actively involved with the City Arch River project and, and redoing the the Riverfront um, you know from Shoto mm-hmm. up to Biddle Street. Um, and we're going to be doing some redevelopment on the North Riverfront going from uh, Eads Bridge North. Mm-hmm. Um, and some of that will actually be starting in the next few years, and that's very exciting. Uh, but there's probably a lot of trails out there, even some of the more uh, pastoral ones. Um, down in along the Merrimack River, we have, we have several greenways. Uh, there's one that people really know. It's called the, the Al Foster. Um, that it, it's more of a, a limestone trail, but you have these giant bluffs to the left and the views of the Merrimack River to the right. Uh, it, it's kind of a breathtaking, uh, you know, place to be. And then off that, we have a, a a greenway that used to be known as Zombie Road, which a lot of people <laughs> in the St. Louis area are very familiar of for for the you know for the uh, oh, what do you call it the the ghost hunting yeah. aspects mm-hmm. of it. Uh, but that has been turned into uh, uh, the Rock Hollow Spur, and you go there in the spring, and you get the bluebells coming up. You go there in the fall, the leaves are coming down. There's these beautiful wooden bridges. It's a little hill on, you know, you get a bit of an exercise going up that hill, but it's uh, just a gorgeous place to be. You know, for so many people, I bet that they could maybe even walk from where they live mm-hmm. or they work and discover a greenway they didn't know was there. For instance, you've got... Uh, 
I see a lot of people all the time on the River to Pear Greenway, and yeah. there's some developments with that that's coming up. Yeah, the River to Pear, we're actually working on extensions uh, in two directions simultaneously. Um, the River to Pear is, is it's a great little greenway running parallel to the, the River to Pear, logically. Um, and it has a few nice little spurs off it going to uh, a, a neighborhood we call the Christie Connector. And then we also have uh, a connector that goes to Crondallet Park off that. But we're doing extensions on the south end that's going to connect it to the Mississippi Greenway over by the casino, uh, River City Casino, uh, that which then you well, you could take that down to Jefferson Barracks Park. Uh, and on the north side, we are doing an extension from where it currently terminates at the Lansdowne Metrolink station up to Francis Slay Park. And then we're, you know, only one leg away from connecting to Forest Park. Is that all that work going on on like McCausland? And I forget what McCausland turns into when you go south of Wabash yeah. and Ellendale. Yep. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. yeah. All so right. we, we're doing um, that. That's a road that's was a four lane road and it should have never really been a four lane road. And, and that's part of the things we're. we're one of our challenges um, is that St. Louis was a very car-centric infrastructure, and mm-hmm. th- we built roads for way more cars than we, we have. And um, so traffic counts show that that road could actually be a three-lane road and be just fine. And so we're taking one of those lanes back, and we're going to turn that lane into a greenway. Data-driven decision-making. I kind of like it. That's not bad. Do you have a favorite uh, greenway, a favorite trail you like to walk on? Uh, my personal favorite is is the Bush Greenway. Okay, uh, it, It's out in uh, St. Charles County. Uh, it's absolutely gorgeous. You probably heard about it or may have heard about it. We, there was a, an ambulance that may have fallen through a bridge. Um, <laughs> but that's been fixed. And it, it's one of those great places you can go because it, it has some nice little meanders. You can actually get out there and feel like you're part of nature. But then you go a little bit beyond that. It connects with the research park. Uh, so it's a place where people can go during their lunch hours, get out, get, and experience a little bit of free, fresh air. Uh, and then it also goes all the way and connects up with the, the, the Bush Conservation Area. So, uh, And then if you want and you have uh, the proper equipment, there's a, another little uh, gravel trail called the Hamburg Trail. You can come back, connects with the Katy Trail. You can do a 13-mile loop hmm. and, and really make a day out of it. What do people use the, these greenways for most? Like exercise or enjoying nature or commuting maybe in some cases actually practically using it to get from one place to the other or just getting out there with the dog and going for a walk lunch maybe i don't know well we find that varies from greenway to greenway each one kind of has its own personality mm-hmm. um so if, if you talk to about like um the rock hollow trail or uh, al foster down the merrimack greenway those are recreational there are not a lot of employment centers down there now there is a steam locomotive you can go visit on sundays it runs right along the greenway so it's a great place to go with the family on the weekends but it's it's really a recreation um but then you look at a greenway like the saint vincent greenway uh now that runs through you know um through the city and eventually will go from forest from forest park all the way up to the umsel campus Hmm. Uh, we have a small section we still have to connect to make that happen but we have a uh that goes through um, a community that you know isn't necessarily as high income and along the way it also connects with multiple metrolink stops so we have people we, we have traffic counters that we put on the greenway so we can actually mm-hmm. see how when people are using who's biking who's riding it gives us a basic idea of which ones are, are being used at what times a day and it could be a sunny sunday uh at 73 degrees and that greenway will have less traffic than a rainy monday at 9 a.m <laughs> So that tells us people are using that greenway to get to work. Wow. I like the idea of this regional connectivity. Uh, and it's very, I think it's a very apropos uh, for the St. Louis region. So I'd like to uh, dig into that a little bit later. We're going to take a quick break. We'll be back to talk more about Great Rivers Greenway because that is very innovative. And that's what we do on Nothing Impossible on KMOX. 
More local reporters. More local news. St. Louis's news, traffic, and weather. KMOX. Welcome back. Nothing Impossible on KMOX, our show about innovation with Michael Calhoun, Travis Sheridan, and Seth Trepto from Great Rivers Greenway in with us. And, you know, this isn't the first time this has been said, Travis, but St. Louis does not have mountains, doesn't have oceans, doesn't have a lot of those natural features that draw people to a lot of these hot cities that we have in the country. And so Great Rivers Greenway trying to make make something out of what we've got here in St. Louis. Well, I think St. Louis is a perfect place for an explorer. Like, you don't need mountains and oceans and whatnot, but you, it, because it is so flat, you could actually wander quite a bit. Like, you don't get as winded. You can you can go from neighborhood to neighborhood. And that's what, before the break, I was asking a little bit about this regional connectivity that is going to come about as, as the 600 miles is all completed. Uh, you know, we live in a fractured region, and we've talked about that a lot, either politically or economically or uh, geographically we're fractured. How important is it, uh, for these greenways to be that connective tissue to really connect these neighborhoods and communities? Oh, we think, we think it's extremely important. Um, you know, you, you look at a, at a community that might be lower income. Mm-hmm. Um, you don't necessarily have, not everyone has a car, not everyone has the ability or can afford to drive to far distances to, to get a job. But the more connections you have and provide access to them, it, it provides elevated opportunities for them. Uh, we also think that the connectivity, because you're absolutely right, St. Louis has a, has a, a reputation of being very fractured you know everyone's favorite question of course where'd you go to high school and right. it's that socioeconomic yeah. you know um should you ask know. what trail do you walk sure <laughs> <laughs> uh, but we we are are starting to get to the point where we're making connections between uh parks that would be in a very affluent white community mm-hmm. to, to parks that might be in a lower income community mm-hmm. more traditionally black mm-hmm. and so as those connections start to happen we, we believe and it's our, it's our hope that that we're going to start having a little bit more of the connection between cultures as well and when it comes to regionalism you mentioned this is a tax that's in st louis city st louis county and St. Charles County. That's I don't right. know that I can think of off the top of my head. Even the Zoo Museum District doesn't go that does far not out, include no. St. Charles County. Is this maybe the most regional effort that we have? Great Rivers Greenway. It, it could be the one of the more regional ones. It's it's certainly um, we're we're an oddball <laughs> even amongst uh, trail networks. Mm-hmm. Um, we actually have people that regularly will call us up saying we want to do this. How did you make this happen? <laughs> And, and we were yeah. lucky that that at that time we were we were part of that uh, St. Louis 2000 initiative, and uh, that we kind of got uh, a good you know head of steam from people who were being very proactive, and, and you know we benefited from the vision of people like Peter Sortino, who could see that this is something that would benefit us, and were able to make the case to the right people, and it was something that kind of caught fire. And what's more amazing though is it didn't just happen once. We actually had a second tax proposition that passed in the St. Louis City and St. Louis County uh, as part of the City Arch River project. And so that provided additional funds, and that was divvied up amongst uh, the various different municipal park districts and the county park districts, the City Arch River project, and us. And so twice voters have said, this is something we support. And, you know, we we just got through with the election, and the stadium proposal did not go through, and it was because in my opinion, it was because the city was asked to carry the the burden, the financial burden, uh, the tax burden for this. And it wasn't an re- regional approach. And, you know, things like uh, a regional amenity like the trails or like a stadium is promising or would promise to be should be shared by the entire region. So it's nice that uh, and I always say, you know, people uh, vote their priorities. And this was it looks like the, the trails and outdoor amenities are a priority for the region. We're talking with Seth Trepto, Seth Trepto from Great Rivers Greenway with us. And all right, so I was in New York a few months ago. So I actually walked the High Line. That mm-hmm. was one of the things I said, I have to check this thing out. 
And people on Interstate 70, they see the beautiful paint job on that old railroad trestle. It says the trestle on it. What's the what's the idea behind the trestle? What's the plan for that? Well, the idea is something very similar to the High Line. We wanted to make that into a cultural space as well as a connective space, somewhere that we can actually you know, connect from, you know, it'd be part of um, our larger scale 14th Street corridor project. So you'd actually be an, a, a north-south connector through the city. Uh, but, it's so cool to have this trail on this elevated yeah, track and yeah. everything growing on it. At some points, you don't even realize you're in the middle of New York City surrounded by all these buildings mm-hmm. because you just have the nature that's mm-hmm. growing yep. on the trestle. Yeah, and that's what we really would love to be able to do is actually have that, you know, kind of landscaped and have it be kind of a beautiful space where you could actually have... You know, concerts and events and actually make it a bit of a revenue generator as well um you know that trestle uh just to give a little background is was called the old iron duke it was a, actually an electric train the commuter train that went from illinois into uh missouri and that we were able to purchase that you know that trestle and that whole that it's you know you see the park goes over 70 but it's actually a very long mm-hmm. you know it runs all the way over to the bridge and, and across the river but we were able to purchase that all relatively very i mean ultimately when you talk about these kinds of projects cheap mm-hmm. it was a little over a million dollars to be able to purchase that uh and we painted it in large part because you know you want to protect the structure mm-hmm. and one of the largest costs of of anything like that is actually shutting down the highway because believe it or not painters don't want to dangle over the side of a, <laughs> of a bridge while while cars are going by at 60 miles an hour uh, we lucked out. Got, we're very fortunate that that section of Highway 70 was shut down for the Stanspan construction. Hmm. Uh, so we took advantage of that, went ahead, did the paint job, uh, and you know we we felt like we saved the tax dollars a few, you know, pay us a few dollars on on that front. But uh, the, what you see is really a shell. There needs to be a lot of infrastructural improvements to it. Uh, the structure is very sound, but it is just a skeleton. Mm-hmm. And the cost of doing that is in excess of $60 million. And for an organization like us, we have to be stewards of, of the taxpayers' dollars. And we did our analysis, and, and well, we, we can't foot that bill mm-hmm. with just tax, tax money. Uh, so we have looked into the the philanthropic side you know the uh, private public partnership similar to city arch river and we did a, a a feasibility study a few years ago and that feasibility stu- study found that there were other priorities in the region mm-hmm. currently and the dollars just weren't there and so we've had have it on the back burner the plans are ready to go we continue to do you know repairs as needed uh but we are waiting for the climate to shift a little bit and then that's going to be moved back up to the front burner because we really feel that, that could be a crown jewel uh, of, of the city that's something that people would would come to see and we are excited to eventually bring that to life when i would say with uh, nga going in just a mile and a half to two mm-hmm. miles uh, uh, west of that uh, that could spur a little bit more interest in in the north side yeah yeah and that, that is our hope so we talked about the fact that great rivers greenway has done this feat of getting in st louis st st louis county and st charles county and so what are some of the just talked about one big project in the city but what are some of the other projects that people in St. Louis County and St. Charles County can look forward to? Well, the beginning of 2017 has actually been very exciting for us because we actually broke grounds on four different projects um, mm. in just the first few months of 2017 in all of our um, counties. So we actually have a project going on in St. Charles County, the Centennial Greenway Extension, which is going to involve the installation of two pedestrian bridges over highways 364 and 94. Hmm. Uh, and, and that's a pretty big undertaking. It's going to actually connect people t- uh, to the north side of that down to the existing greenway, which goes all the way to the Katy Trail. We have a project down in Cliff Cave County Park. Uh, we also have, uh, within the city, uh, we are working on the extensions of the River to Pear Greenway. 
And uh, then also in the county, we are working on an extension of the Fifi Greenway, uh, which is going to bring it from where it currently starts at near the Aquaport area all the way to Creevecore Park near where the, uh, the ice complex is being planned. So if people, uh, it's perfect time of the year for people to get out and explore, where can they learn mo- the most about these trails? Well, the best place you can go is, is our website, uh, greatriversgreenway.org. Mm-hmm. Uh, also, we have a Facebook and, and Twitter accounts, so you can certainly mm-hmm. find us there and see what we have going on. We always love to show people living their life outside. Uh, we actually have a big free festival of the outdoors coming up in June mm-hmm. um, out of Creevecore Park. It's a great chance for people to come, see, try, and learn all different ways they can live more of their life outside. And if nothing else, just come out, enjoy some food from food trucks, listen to some great music. We're going to have an extreme picnicking competition. Extreme picnicking. Extreme picnicking. Okay. And, uh, you know, it's a good chance to just get out there and just see what our amazing St. Louis outdoor culture has to offer. Great. Seth, thank you for coming in. My absolute pleasure. Seth Trepto from Great Rivers Greenway. Up next, we're going to talk about Edward Jones and 630, a new partnership there. That's up next on Nothing Impossible on KMOX. Now, back to Nothing Impossible, sponsored by Accelerate St. Louis, the epicenter of innovation for the St. Louis region on News Radio 1120, KMOX. Welcome back to Nothing Impossible. Travis Sheridan, Michael Calhoun. We talk about innovation. We've been talking about innovation, and now let's talk about innovation that happens when big corporates like Edward Jones get involved with uh, some startups and accelerators like 630. Absolutely. Well, we've already told you about Ameren getting involved with investing in some energy-related startups. We've told you about Monsanto and other companies getting involved with ag tech-related startups. And now, you know, St. Louis is a big financial services hub, maybe the biggest behind Wall Street and perhaps Boston. And all these companies here, MasterCard's been involved. Now Edward Jones is getting involved. And they're getting involved with this accelerator that we have in town, 630. It's named after the width and the height of the St. Louis Arch, or the Gateway Arch. But 630 is an accelerator that works with early-stage financial services technology companies. And Edward Jones just invested $2 million into the 630 fund, which means those monies can be deployed and invested into startups. Yeah, and I just had a conversation with one of the folks at Edward Jones who is behind this project. We're talking about Vinny Ferrari, who's a principal at Edward Jones, and here's that conversation. Well, uh, we really view um, 630 as a great way to... Uh, stay abreast of the cutting-edge ideas. So really, Edward Jones can contribute to be that, you know, first choice of serious long-term individual investors. Uh, So we put a lot of emphasis on uh, on creating new and better things for our clients, and 630 is is that vehicle to help us do that. So this is potentially a a product pipeline for you? It could be. It's either potentially a product pipeline, but mostly an idea pipeline. And I also hear a lot of, um, for instance, Arch Grants is touted not just as a way to bring companies to St. Louis, but to bring the talent in those companies in as well. And as companies like Edward Jones look to bring in the next generation of talent, is this maybe even looking on on a personal level, you might be able to identify um, some people who you'd love to have part of the Edward Jones company? So absolutely. So I, I think 630 is very, very good for St. Louis. Uh, it really helps to reinvigorate the innovative roots. So there has been a lot of innovation in St. Louis over the many years. And uh, an accelerator like 630 uh, and, you know, focuses on um, a particular area like financial services, technology, uh, you know, bioscience. Uh, so 
by focusing like that, we can we can provide a much better draw for really great candidates, not only across the United States but around the world to come in and um, share their ideas, share their contribution, and grow careers. And aside from the business case for this, from uh, looking at it from the standpoint of, of growing this ecosystem in the St. Louis community and, and changing the national perception of St. Louis and, the, and that sort of thing, how do you feel about the, the way that St. Louis has embraced innovation and has embraced startups and even these big businesses are investing in, in companies that could be a competitor in the future? Right. So I'm, I'm actually sort of shocked at how, uh, at the pace that it's happened. Uh, I looked at the Cortex District, which is awesome, 630, awesome. And, and I would say only what appears to be only a few years. Now, it's probably been 10 years, but in, in a relatively short period of time, St. Louis has come a very, very long way, and I think a disproportionately long way relative to other cities. All right, so Edward Jones and 630 getting together, but that's not the only big development this week, Travis. No, we also had some uh, some T-Rex and T-Hubs getting together. <laughs> yeah, this is another example of St. Louis's innovation scene getting some international recognition. We've already talked about how there are a lot of Israeli startups uh, and Irish startups, there's a connection there. German, these uh, countries are looking to St. Louis, especially when it comes to agriculture technology, um, as a way to get a foothold in the United States. Right, and so T-Rex, which is the large incubator uh, and co-working space downtown in downtown St. Louis, uh, just recently partnered up with T-Hub, which is an incubator and accelerator out of India. Yeah, and uh, let's bring you one of our news reports on this topic. It's from Alex Degman, Regional Chamber, obviously excited about the jobs that this partnership could bring. T-Hub, based in Telangana State, India, will open its Midwestern office in St. Louis at T-Rex downtown. Jim Alexander, the Chamber's Vice President of Economic Development, says Indian companies want to come to the U.S., and they're more likely to do so if they have a soft landing pad here. The same could also be said in reverse. There are companies inside of T-Rex that want to go to India, that want to go international. They now have a soft landing spot in India. So I think the two-way opportunities here are incredibly uh, huge. The head of T-Hub is expected to come to St. Louis next month for an official announcement. Alex Degman, News Radio 1120, KMOX. It's a global world, Michael. It is a global world. You know, the best thing, I think, is this international recognition of St. Louis as, you know, if you're an Israeli startup, you look to St. Louis as that soft landing spot in the United States. Yeah, and why shouldn't you? And we have we have all the assets that are here. Uh, we have the university systems. We have these the strong entrepreneurial climate, and uh, it's a great way to get plugged into the U.S. market. And so these Indian startups are going to be uh, if they're coming to the Midwest, and again if they're involved in any of these industries, whether it's energy or biotech or ag tech or financial services or sports. Am I missing any? Uh, fashion. Fashion, that's right. right. We've got the fashion incubator downtown. Well, but I think also importantly, if there are U.S. companies in St. Louis that want to explore and get into India, that soft landing is there as well. Yeah, this is an international economy now, as as we're finding with the purchase of uh, some of our local companies by whether it's Monsanto, Bayer from Germany, or whether it's Breadco. Panera being bought Yeah, by a company. I think it's from the Netherlands. Um, maybe it was Luxembourg. I'm I think trying it's to Lu- recall. Luxembourg, yeah. From, from Europe. <laughs> uh, yeah, this is St. Louis, and if you're interested in the airport as well, 
the more international connections we have when it comes to business, the more people flying in and out, and the more demand there would be for international air service, too. Well, so there's always that to chalk up to this also. Well, and this is, is turning into quite the international show, too. See, we're, <laughs> yeah. Everybody's going to get tons of downloads over in India now. <laughs> Cross my fingers. <laughs> All right. Well, thank you for joining us this week for Nothing Impossible. We love telling the stories about innovation here in St. Louis. Find the podcast and share it, and we'll, we'll be back next week. We'll do it again. Bye. Tune in is the audio platform with something for everyone. News. In order to secure convictions in a court of law, it is essential that we conclusively sports. The clock at four. Donchich. The step back three. You bet. Music. You set my world on fire. Yes, and even podcasts. Whatever you love, hear it right here on TuneIn. Go to TuneIn.com or download the TuneIn app to start listening.